first of all, predicting death in tarot is very, very hard. It's not as easy as people think it is. It's not like you're going to be pulling that death card and says, hey, it's your time to go, buddy. The death card is a card of transformation. It symbolizes that there is some sort of an ending. And usually it's more metaphorical. It's like, okay, some chapter in your life is coming to an end and there's a new day dawning. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about my work as an intuitive guide and teacher at karenhager.com. Now then, I am so happy to welcome Teresa Reed, the tarot lady, back to the show. We will be talking about how to use tarot to help us move through the most difficult passages of life. Illness, loss, uncertainty, grief, that affects us all. Teresa says that tarot can be a balm for the soul when life is hard. Are you ready to meet her? Teresa Reed, aka the Tarot Lady, is a tarot expert, astrologer, teacher, and author who's been reading tarot for more than 30 years. She's the author of Twist Your Fate, Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot, and about a dozen other books. Her latest is The Cards You're Dealt, How to Deal When Life Gets Real. When she's not gazing at the stars or flipping tarot cards, you can find her in the kitchen with her 200-plus cookbook collection, cooking up extravagant meals for her fussy Virgo husband. <laughs> find out more about Teresa and her work, and maybe the cookbooks, I don't know, at thetarolady.com. Teresa, welcome to Out of the Fog. Hi, Karen. I am so grateful to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. I have to ask, and this is sort of off the topic, you have more than 200 cookbooks. Does your fussy husband eat new things from the 200 cookbooks, or are you basically doing the same six things over and over again? Well, first of all, I've begun decluttering those cookbooks. I'm like, <gasps> this is too much. So I'm getting rid of the ones that I rarely use. Um, but I cook something, at least one or two new recipes a week. And that's more for me than him. He, let me tell you something. I will try almost anything. He's very fussy. There's certain things he doesn't like and he gets picky. And I'm like, you got to want to be chef living here, honey. You just need to be quiet. You're eating quite well. You're eating like a king. And the funny thing is when we go to restaurants, he'll come home and say, oh, we're eating just so much better here. Let's just not go out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, you're not afraid to, to tell it like it is or, or talk about the difficult things. And I neither am I. I know that in my own intuitive practice, people tend to come to me when they want to look at the more difficult stuff, the deeper stuff. That's the same for you, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think there's actually a misconception about uh, tarot and any kind of intuitive work. I think because of how it's portrayed in popular media, people assume they're coming here for entertainment and to talk about, will I get married? Will I meet the one? And while those questions do show up at the table, a lot of times I found that folks have come to me when they're really going through something and they need guidance and they need to see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel or they want to figure out how to get to that light at the end of the tunnel. So I've dealt with many, many deep, intense, heavy subjects. And, you know, frankly, I actually prefer those. Can you share there's a story in the book about someone coming to see you at the end of their life? Can you share about that a little bit? 
Yeah, I've actually had a number of folks come to me at the end of their life, but that one really, really struck me because uh, the person came with an oxygen tank, they came with their grandchild. The grandchild was an adult, by the way. And they sat down and told me right away, uh, just so you know, I'm dying. And so they were straightforward. And I was kind of taken aback by that. You know, a lot of people play more like a cloak and dagger when they come into a tarot reading. They want you to guess what's going on. But this person was just like, nope, this is what's happening. And I just want to know how everybody is going to be doing after I'm gone. Mm. And so we spent the entire time asking about different family members. Now, there are there are tarot readers that say you should never allow someone to ask about a third party. But in this case, I'm like, I don't even care what those ethics are. This person needs comfort. They need to know folks are going to be okay when they're gone. And so it was a very moving reading. I I um, really bonded with this person. And um, I don't know, it really kind of stuck with me. You know, you get some readings that really stick with you. That one did because what she was focusing on wasn't the end. She was focusing on the present and what's going to be left behind and i just i don't know i just thought that was really kind of beautiful one of the one of the readings that really stuck with me and it kind of came as a surprise i was at an event and i haven't done very many of those but i was at an event where there were a lot of readers and i was one of the readers and someone came up to my little you know table or they you know you're huddling over a card table there came up to my little table and sat down and I opened up to her and I could tell immediately that in her phys- something was really wrong in the physical body. And so she started asking me questions and her questions were about, she said, like your person did, I know I'm passing. What I want to know is, have I done a good enough job here on the planet? Is there more for me to complete? Is it okay for me to let go? And how scary is it going to be to make that transition? And she just floored me. I had no chance to, like, there was nothing. You, I just had to be in the moment. You just have to give what you get. And so I was able to read for her, read into that really scary place. And together we found the comfort there. Yes, you're right. It's time. Yes, you're right. You can let go. Yes, it's okay. You will be met with support on the other side, just like you're met with support here. And that's one of the ones that has really stayed with me, Teresa, because if I had been, I think, a younger reader or had been scared of that, I'm not, I don't think I've ever been scared of the big stuff. But if I'd been maybe a younger reader, I might have said, oh, dying. No, you're fine. No, everything's, haha, everything's okay. In fact, I see a lucky cup of pudding on your path. But because I was able to meet her where she was, it it shifted the path, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a good thing that you brought up, too. We get so uncomfortable talking about things like death and illness. We live in a culture where those topics, grief, death, loss, illness, caregiving, they're kind of taboo. We're, we, we brush them off. We don't want to go deep. And so what happens then is we get uncomfortable. So we start ending the conversation as quickly as possible. And that's what happens when people will say, oh, no, everything's going to be okay. Or or everything happens for a reason, my most hated statement uh-huh. ever. You know, but we do that because this culture does not really open the door for us to have these healthy conversations. There's actually an author, uh, Megan Devine, who wrote a book called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. It's an amazing book on grief. That book really impacted me, and so did Stephen Jenkinson's Die Wise, which talks all about you know, our culture and how it approaches death. And both of those books pretty much say, you know, we've got to talk about these things. And I know in tarot, these topics come to my tarot table. 
yet often what do we see in media it is not portrayed like that it's all you know um love and romance and all of that but that's not not accurate what are some of the common misconceptions about tarot i'm i'm thinking especially of how if i um if i sit down and turn up the death card then that's it i'm done oh that's a common misconception and you know here's a really interesting thing too first of all predicting death and tarot is very very hard it's not as easy as people think it is it's not like you're going to be pulling that death card and says hey it's your time to go buddy the death card is a card of transformation it symbolizes that there is some sort of an ending and usually it's more metaphorical it's like okay some chapter in your life is coming to an end and there's a new day dawning and you're you're getting ready to go down a new path that's more aligned with the death card the only times that i've ever seen like death predicted in a reading it's almost always really good cards, the so-called good cards, you know, the sun and all these happy, happy cards. And I think that that, first of all, really uh, is how I approach getting to the other side. I see it as a graduation. I don't see it as, oh my God, this is scary. It's like, this is just another passageway. We're going somewhere else. Uh, so I do have a different perspective, but I also think because um, we, are, we equate death with pain so we're looking for those cards like Ten of Swords, the Death card. It's not like that. That is a big misconception. And once again, I want to get back to, it's actually very hard to predict that. It's very hard to predict it. And any reader who thinks that they're going to be able to like throw down and give you a death date, that's not a responsible reader. Well, and that from my way of looking at it, those things that are incarnational, so birth and death, are things that we really can't no and so we can maybe give information or context but i i really have had people come to me and say okay time for my session when will i die how will i die who will die first me or somebody else am i going to die before my kitten die and it and those with those i have to kind of step back a little bit because any question is okay you can ask anything but i i like to step back and try to look at what's behind those questions what's the fear or the worry or the concern what's the question behind that question because the question might really be something like am i alone now will i be alone is there it's like that generally there is but once in a while you know i've had people come into tarot and this is again i want to say it's pop culture with these misconceptions and come in and sit down and they want to know when their death date is coming it's almost like they want to test the reader i had a, a woman one time sit down she goes i know you're not gonna like my next question i'm thinking oh my god what is it going to be and she said when am i going to die i said no i don't like that question i'm not answering that oh. i'm not answering that you know when somebody knows they're dying and they want to talk about um you know, getting ready for that, the process, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I'm fine with that. If we want to talk about folks who've passed on, I have no issue with that. But coming there and doing that, sometimes it's people who are playing games and I don't like yeah, that. Me neither. Mm-mm. And these difficult passages of life and also our relationship with terror or our relationship with our intuitive abilities or any tools that help strengthen and clarify intuitive abilities, you don't play games with those. No, because you know what? I always say cards don't lie, but if you get them mad, 
you're not gonna you won't like what they're going to say so let's not let's not play around with that let's not make a mockery of it let's treat this with the respect it deserves because it is a tool that can help you but like any tool if you misuse it you can get hurt so sometimes we misuse it on purpose because we're being stubborn babies and other times we misuse it because we're scared and we don't know what we're doing so when we're working with tarot i was i was sharing with you listeners know that my wife was diagnosed with cancer last year i was sharing with you before we got on the air that i immediately started pulling cards like a crazy person right and i'd pull like the death card and i'd be like oh god it's all over and then i'd pull the happy dolphin card and i'd be like yay it's okay and i just kept pulling cards like a mad woman and there was no real guidance there it was just me throwing cards all over my office trying to figure it out when we're reading for ourselves and we're reading during these scary times or difficult times, how can we ask the questions in such a way and receive information in a way that we can trust what we're receiving? Well, first of all, if you are really upset or anxious, that's not the time to be looking for a prediction because it's going to be skewed. I really, really believe that. Instead, it's best to approach it as, let me use this to work out some of the things I'm feeling right now. So for example, um, by the way, I've been pulling a ton of cards this year too, because we've had all kinds, this has been a tough year, Karen. (laughs) And so we've been going through a lot over here. So I've been doing, I like to say more tarot readings on myself than I've ever done in my entire life. Um, And I'm kind of exaggerating a bit, but that's what it feels like. But I can tell when I start going into the anxious thing and then the cards just become confusing. So I leave them alone or I approach it with more of a, what do I need to know right now? Or how can I deal with the anxiety I'm feeling? What can I do that's going to make me feel better right now? You know, so I'm going to be focusing on present moment, things to help me to get me in the right mindset. And if I still feel like, holy cats, I I need to see something here and I can't because I'm so upset. Then I consult another professional. I don't try to do it myself. No, that makes sense. It's always okay to ask for help. And sometimes asking someone else to pull a card for you or talking with an intuitive can help give some context. There's also, I think, Teresa, power in allowing yourself to ask the questions in a way that isn't in that frantic, oh my God, she's yeah. going to die. I know she's going to die. Where's the card that tells me she's going to die or she's not going to die. Sometimes there's power in going to someone else and saying, here's the situation. Here's what I'm most worried about. What does spirit have to say about that? Yes, exactly. I, I find, you know, again, when I'm overly anxious, here's what happens. I'm going to see everything I don't want to see, hmm. or I'm going to see everything I want to see. Suddenly it's like, positive vibes only and i think that's not none of that's good you always have to approach tarot with a neutral mindset and if you can't do that it's going to be very difficult to see for yourself but you know also if you're reading for somebody else and you are really uncomfortable with a topic well guess what that's going to also come into that reading so if that let's say for example you're not comfortable talking about illness you have to let other people know this is not a topic that i feel that I'm going to be able to give you an accurate read on, I'm going to send you to someone else. Because that's also important. We always want to make sure whether we're doing readings for ourselves or whether we're giving readings for other people, that we have that neutrality 
So that way we're getting information that's clear and not muddied with any kind of emotional things. One of the things I like to call it is my dragnet method. Do you remember dragnet? I don't know if you're my age group. I love dragnet. And yes, I am your age group. <laughs> okay. Well, I love dragnet. I watched it when I was a kid and, you know, Sergeant Friday would just say, just the facts, ma'am. And that is how you have to really approach tarot readings, but also intuitive work. You're getting the information, you're getting the download, and we have to, um, we have to like share the information when we're working with people in a way that's not filtered through our own BS. And that's why, again, you got to be neutral. Whether if, if you can't be neutral reading for yourself, go to a pro. If you're a pro and you're reading for somebody and you're feeling these topics are really making me uncomfortable, send them to someone else. That's a kind of a, you're advocating a kind of transparency that I think is often missing in practitioners of this kind of work. Mm -hmm. um, because as, as readers, we can maybe start to believe that we actually do know the answers <laughs> when in fact, at least the way I feel about what I do, I'm a channel. I am not really, I'm just a nice lady, but when I'm in channel, there's more happening there, but it's not me, the nice lady who's giving the answers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, anytime we have a strong feeling about something, it does impact our ability to give that information with clarity. So we've just got to go back to just doing our work and being neutral and creating a safe space for people. And by the way, it's not a safe space for somebody if they sit at your table and you have an attitude about what it is you're reading for. Yep. That always spills through. I can always tell if I get a reading from someone if they have a weird attitude about what I'm asking. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes. I know I've found myself in my own practice places where I've come right up against that edge of, wait, I'm holding a really strong judgment or, and then I've got to stay, you've got to step back from that or you're not going to be effective as a reader. You can't do it. Absolutely. I always tell, I'm always straightforward, you know, and some people don't like my straightforward manner. Because, you know, you come into a service and you want to get what you want to get. But there's certain things I don't like talking about gambling. I don't believe in gambling. I, I mean, even though I'll buy a lottery ticket when it's huge, it's a topic that makes me really, really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. So I always tell people up front, I'm not your person. You no. need to go to somebody else. This is not comfortable for me. Now, in the book, um, you have laid out some different spreads, ideas for spreads that are kind of keyed to some of the ways in which we might read for ourselves when some when we're going through something difficult. I wonder if you can maybe share one of those or more than one if you want to and talk us through it a little bit. I found these super helpful because instead of the, here's the, is my wife going to die spread? Um, these are spreads that are about healing or about what I need now for support. Absolutely. I would love to share a few readings. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, before we get started, uh, I want to talk about doing readings when you're not well. That's the time where you really want to be careful about doing predictions for yourself, especially, because here's what happens. I know when I don't feel well, I go to WebMD and start looking and suddenly <laughs> I'm convinced I have a million and one different diseases. Tarot will do the same thing. Please don't treat your tarot like that. One oh. of the things that I love to do when I'm under the weather, when I'm not feeling good, when I'm burnt out or whatever, is a body, mind, spirit spread. It's very simple. I didn't come up with this spread, by the way. I do not get credit for it. But it's one that I've used over the years so much. 
Like if I feel like, okay, I am not right. Let me see what my body, mind, and spirit need right now. And I approach it from that standpoint. So let's say uh, you shuffle the cards and then put them face down. And I like to fan them out and pull one for each. So for body, let's say I get the four of wands. Well, that says, okay, your body's looking sturdy. We've got a four. It's solid. It's rooted. It's grounded. Now, let's say for the mind, I pull the nine of swords. Now, right away, that's telling me, okay, lady, you've got some anxiety that you need to deal with. What is going to be a good way to deal with that? So I might start thinking about some things I can do for my anxiety. And let's say for spirit, I pull the star. Well, that's a great card for spirit. So right away, this is giving me a snapshot of where I am right now. And it's showing me this is the area where I need to do a little bit more self-care and work so I can bring all three parts into balance. I think that's a good thing for caregivers to do. I think this is a good spread for people who are under the weather, who are dealing with a serious illness. Um, you know, all of that can be helpful with this very, very simple spread. And another spread that I like that is also incredibly easy, this is uh, one that you can do if you are a caregiver, and I've been a caregiver before, I'm caregiving right now, um, we tend to get overwhelmed as caregivers. And this is another thing that's not addressed in our society. We're just told, oh, you're such a saint. It's like, you know, <laughs> uh, actually, I need a lot of help right now. I don't need to be told how great I am. And I think caregivers have a lot of trouble asking for help. So I have a spread called Three Things Right Now. And it's very, really simple. You shuffle the cards. You fan them out face down. And then card number one is, what is one thing I can take off my plate right now? Mm. Card two is, what is one habit I can change right now? And card number three, what is one kind thing I can do for myself right now? I mean, this is giving you information again on what you need right now so that you can take excellent care of yourself, whether you are dealing with illness, whether you are caregiving, whether you are moving through some other difficult time in your life. These are very, very simple spreads, but they're both really effective. In fact, those would be both spreads that you could be doing on a daily basis just to check in with yourself. If, if people don't have experience with tarot, is, is the time to get started when you're going through a difficult time? Like, is that okay? to start then? Anytime is a good time. Anytime is a good time. But I would say if you're going to be starting tarot for the first time and consulting with it, if you are really in the midst of a heavy thing, I would recommend actually getting a reading from someone else first to make sure that you understand how tarot works, you get to see someone else in action, that you don't jump in not knowing what you're doing and you know scare yourself or get things confused or muddied up go to a pro start there and then i would recommend you know you want to begin with a book like the cards you're dealt which is going to come into the tarot from a healing perspective are there certain decks that are better or feel better with these deeper questions well, I think when you're dealing with really heavy topics like that, uh, like what we're talking about today, I prefer a deck that is a little bit more spiritual or neutral. One of the decks that I love is by Radley Valentine. And it's a newer deck called the Guardian Angel Messages deck. I think that's the title of it. It's such a beautiful deck. It's got lots of representation, lots of angels. 
the energy, I mean, even when you're, you're dealing with like the death card or whatever, the energy is really beautiful and peaceful. I love that deck. So that's a deck that I think, I mean, I wish I would have had it back in the day. Uh, it would have really helped when I was dealing with a lot of folks who are dealing with tender things. I love that um, for that. If you are reading for a child, because children want to talk about these things as well, Tarot for Kids is the perfect deck for kids. Yeah. It's very soft. That's a deck I worked on with uh, Kaylee Whitman, who's an amazing artist. And that deck, it's like even adults love it. There's something about it that's soft and gentle. So now we can work on the information in a really calm, chill way. The other thing I would recommend, if you are feeling um, like you want a deck that's gonna be a little bit more neutral, a deck with animals. Any deck with cats on it, let me tell you something, that always puts people in a good, relaxed mood. Kind of like if you had a cat on your lap and you're petting and it is purring. Cat decks, as, as silly as this may seem, they really, really work well for heavy stuff. That's because cats are often um, disinterested observers. <laughs> I they found. are. They are. And back when I used to read for the public, I had a cat named Dao Zen who's been gone now for a few years. But Dao Zen was like a comfort cat. He would come strolling down. He's very. He was very social. And he would, it's almost like he could sense if somebody was going through something and he would get on their lap and he would sit there for the entire reading. That happened so many times. Um, and so I do think that there is some kind of power, again, as ridiculous as this sounds on such a serious topic, but animals are, they're so healing and cats, I feel are really, really good for that. I see. I feel like, um, especially companion animals, right. Who we live with, who share our lives, we share our lives with are often much more tuned in as healers than we are ourselves. Um, back. Uh, so Maisie, the dog joined our family about six months before my wife got her cancer diagnosis. And before we even knew anything was wrong, Maisie was sleeping right up against her, right at the place where it turned out the tumor was growing, although we didn't know. And throughout chemo and throughout radiation and throughout everything, Maisie's been right there. And I don't know. I And she's, yes, she's goofy and she rolls in stuff she shouldn't and doesn't come when she's called and all those things. But I really feel like she's got such a steady healing presence um there's something about having a companion animal around that that clarifies i think and sort of and centers us so yes i absolutely believe it about the cat i don't think that's weird yeah. at all well also you know animals our companion animals are nothing but love mm -hmm. they're just love they're just love and so that's what you need a lot of love around you when you're going through something so if you are able to have a pet uh, when you're going through the hard stuff in life, they make it much better. They really, really do. So here's a question that I hope won't be too weird. So let me see if I can ask this the right way. I draw a strong distinction between tarot cards and oracle cards. And I'm wondering, with tarot cards, how much do you feel the meaning is contained in the cards themselves, meaning like the the archetypes and the story and the history, and how much of the meaning is contained in each individual's interpretation? Well, I think it's a little from column A and a little column B, to mm. be honest with you. Because first of all, you know, there's some people who tell folks that, oh, if you want to learn tarot, forget the book, just, just whatever pops in your mind. And there are universal archetypes that we all can recognize. I think if we look at a hermit, most of us can get an idea that means so being alone, right? 
but I think you actually do need to learn the foundation of tarot if you want to give an effective reading. You should know what the number four means. You should know the difference between, um, you know, the lovers and the devil, which actually they have some similarities, believe it or not. You should know a little bit about the history. Where did the decks come from? Why is, why is strength the number eight and justice 11 in one deck and it's reversed in a different deck? Um, what is the queen of cups? What makes her different than the queen of swords? Um, can a queen be a male? You should know all of that foundational stuff. Because here's the thing, when you know the foundation, you, it's like a house, this is how I always like to say it. It's like you built a foundation for the house. And your intuition is the interior design that comes along and makes it beautiful. It helps you to find the right words and connect the dots and, you know, really, really tell the story. So I think it's from both, at least in my experience, it's from both. Um, one of the things I found over the years, if I get readings from people who just go by the book and they're, they're not intuitive at all, or they don't think they are, um, the reading becomes wooden. Mm -hmm. If I get a reading from someone who's just one of these intuitive readers has no knowledge of the foundation, it's flaky, it's ungrounded, mm -hmm. and the information's not useful. So for tarot, you do need both to be an effective reader. And by the way, that means continuous study. One thing that people think is that you could just read one book and now you're a certified bona fide tarot reader. You take a six week course, you're certified, blammo, I could go make money doing this. And it's like, actually, it's if you really want to do this as work, you got to get serious. It becomes a lifetime study because it's always changing and evolving as we are. We're always changing and evolving. Teresa, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. It was always so amazing to connect and reconnect with you. I've been talking with Teresa Reed. Her newest book is The Cards You're Dealt, How to Deal When Life Gets Real. You can find out more about Teresa and her work at thetarolady.com. Come and that new book is out right now, The Cards You're Dealt. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private intuitive session with me there if that feels aligned. I don't read tarot. Um, I read from the energy of the voice. So my style is different than Teresa's. And follow me on Instagram where I'm Fog City Psychic. There's more out of the fog content there, relentless updates on the jigsaw puzzles I'm working on. Why am I always working on a new one? Because it makes me happy. That's why. And occasional cute photos of Maisie the dog on Instagram as well, where I'm Fog City Psychic. Thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.